Hello and welcome to Frontline, keeping a tab on China's hottest high-tech developments. I'm Sam Duckett in Beijing. Coming up on today's show, I will be checking out the latest TV hardware and software by Chinese entertainment technology firm LETV. Our reporter Law Lai Ming will be giving us an in-depth review at virtual reality headsets, and Mark Griffiths will be joining me in the studio for this week's edition of the Wild Web Discussion. And today we'll be talking about video game actors going on strike. Now to kick off today's show. On the 24th of September 2015, LETV announced their new Super TV 3 Max 65 and the new EUI 5.5 TV ecosystem. The new Super TV 3 Max 65 is packed with loads of new features, including motion control and voice control. The Super TV 3 Max 65 was introduced to the live crowd in Hong Kong by LETV's chief designer for the Super TV series, Wang Zhi. 在我的左侧有一台全新的 Max 6. Everyone can see the Super TV Max 65 to the left of me. Our Super Voice System 2.0 allows communication with the television just by talking to it. You actually don't need any other equipment to control your television. You can use this function to control the EUI system and try to turn the television on and off. Voice and gesture controls can be used to find and play content, and it also has playback features such as rewinding and fast-forwarding and volume adjustment. These new functions can essentially replace the traditional remote control. Neither of these features are considered new technology. Voice control became popular with Apple's release of Siri in 2011, which was later followed by Android's Vlingo and Microsoft's Cortana system. Microsoft also released motion sensors for their home entertainment system in the form of Kinect for the Xbox 360 in 2011. Despite none of this being new technology, it is nice to see LETV incorporate so many functions and features into its mainstream TV model, giving users a wide range of choices. It seems to run relatively smoothly, being powered by a quad-core processor. The other area that Microsoft and LETV are both drawing from the same playbook is the video games market. LETV's television is also able to play a modest collection of video games, many of which implement motion sensor technology. At the conference, LETV's Wang Zhi announced that they are currently the biggest big-screen video game platform in China. At the moment, our Super TV is already the number one big-screen gaming platform in China. If you ask anyone in the Chinese gaming industry who is the biggest player in the Chinese big-screen video game market, they will tell you it is LTV. He also announced several popular games that are currently on the Xbox One for the LTV Max 65 television set, including Advanced Combat 5, Implosion, and Blade Online. It seems as if LETV are looking to cut into the Chinese video game market. However, this is quite a complex and problematic issue. The quad-core processor in the LETV Super TV Max 65, whilst very impressive, does not compare to the specs of the dedicated machines like the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One. If LETV were to vamp up the specs of their latest TV so it can compete with Sony and Microsoft, they would price themselves out of their current market. So at least for the time being, LETV will not be able to attack the hardcore video gaming market in China. The other big announcement by LETV, the EU 5.5 TV ecosystem, seemed as impressive as their latest hardware. 
In wake of LATV recently announcing their purchasing of the live broadcasting rights to the Premier League, live broadcasting became the major centerpiece for the new TV ecosystem. LATV's ecosystem is designed to help users be able to transition between all of their devices with a minimal adjustment period. LATV's UI system director Huang Tao explained. The ecosystem and ecosystem functions that are loved by our users will also become a feature of our TV desktop. Our ecosystem has three main features: our live broadcasting, our Liaoli content recommendations, and our Liaoli search function. This time, we are going to make our live broadcasting feature really cool. The live desktop page will have the same functions as the LTV phone, which will mean our TV and smartphone users will have an easy transition between the two products. If you can use our Super Phone, then you can use our Super TV. If you can use our Super TV, then you can use our Super Phone. LTV has decided to abandon their traditional method of categorizing all of their live content and to have it on one single page. They have also implemented a new feature that allows them to play up to three live shows simultaneously. The new system will also offer users more freedom, allowing them to watch live content from different angles. It will also offer personalized management, allowing users to design their own TV desktop homepage, and the system even learns user habits and helps them to personalize their desktop. The new EU 5.5 system will also utilize the new LTV remote. The remote uses a trackpad for many of its key features, as opposed to a traditional button setup. It is also set up to function with LTV's new motion sensors and voice command functions. EU 5.5 will be released during the fourth quarter of 2015, and the LTV Super TV Free Max 65 hit the Chinese market on the 29th of September and is priced at 8,499 yuan. Frontline, Frontline, your insight into China's leading edge in technology. All the latest developments in tech for your world, brought to you by the show that integrates into everything. In Australia, the country's Fair Work Commission has determined that an administrator's decision to unfriend a fellow employee on Facebook constituted evidence of bullying. While this wasn't the only example, there was plenty of name-calling and purposeful negligence. It helped demonstrate the lack of emotional maturity involved with the harassment. As a result, the victim has an order to stop the bullying, which triggered anxiety, depression, and sleeping disorders. The case shows the emotional impact social media can have on users, and how our interaction with social media can leave us quite fragile. It is recommended that users take care when adding new friends on social media, and that minors consult their parents or teachers should they feel any anxiety as a result of social media. If you've wanted a low-cost GoPro camera so far, you've had to forego wireless. And that's a big sacrifice, especially with an increasing number of competitors that can do more for less. 
The company is finally seeing the light. However, it just unveiled the Hero Plus, an entry-level, well by GoPro standards, action camera that catches up in a big way. You now have to pay just two hundred US dollars to get Bluetooth and Wi-Fi instead of the usual three hundred plus US dollars, which will help when you're looking for a remote control or want to send adventure footage to your phone. You also get a welcome upgrade to sixty frames per second, ten eighty p video. And a bump in still shooting from five megapixels to eight. The Hero Plus should hit the store shelves worldwide starting on the fourth of October, and it won't be the only relatively low-cost camera in GoPro's roster. GoPro is a popular brand in photography, and it has a strong global fan base. It is now offering Wi-Fi features and catching up with the modern age, which is going to please them. This, however, still comes at quite a hefty price, and photography fans are going to need to assess how comfortable they really are paying that much for a camera. Frontline, bringing you the leading edge in technology. Visitors to EGX, the United Kingdom's biggest video game show, are entering another dimension. Virtual reality headsets, soon to hit top shelves, are being put through their paces before release. Experts say it's a critical moment for futuristic gaming technology, with Sony and HTC set to debut consumer headsets in the coming months. Now let's go to Law Liming for the details. VR is about to become a reality for gamers in the UK. At Birmingham's EGX video games show was thought to be the biggest of its kind in the UK. Gaming geeks are coming face to face with new headsets before they hit shop shelves. Sony says their PlayStation VR headset, previously known as Project Morpheus, allows gamers to feel as if they are physically inside the virtual world of a game. John Hicks is a freelance computer game journalist. It's, it's time has come. The first、uh, models are here. They're sort of shipping this year.、Uh, we can start, like people are starting to be able to kind of see the games, play play them here,、uh, and really get a handle on quite how sort of transformative an experience it is.、Uh, it's still sort of early days,、uh, whilst people work out, you know,、uh, it, like how the games should work because it's because it's such a new experience because you know the rules are slightly different. So we're still kind of sort of finding our way through it. While Sony certainly aren't the only company experimenting in the virtual space, they are undeniably one of the best placed. PlayStation VR is set to work with the PlayStation 4 console. Gamers can already trial the headset on forthcoming titles such as the London Heist, a gangster-based all-action shooter. I think the exciting thing about、uh, PlayStation VR is that it's it's PlayStation, so it's sort of、uh, tied to the PlayStation 4, which has been a monumental success.、Uh, it's in millions of living rooms all the way around the world.、Uh, Sony's backing it. Sony's got a really great track record with、uh, sort of software and and games at the moment,、uh, and it's just really well placed to kind of go go out、uh, go, uh, reach all these people who've got a PlayStation 4 under their TV, basically. With former startup Oculus having ignited the latest VR obsession around three years ago, several competitors are diving headfirst into the marketplace that includes Valve and HTC's Vive headset. Powered by Valve's Steam VR, the HTC Vive headset boasts a focus on environments, allowing gamers to explore interactive worlds, be it intergalactic face-offs or alien worlds. Dan O'Brien is the executive director of Emerging Products HTC. 
Well, it really takes you know VR, virtual reality, and immersion to a whole other level, where people get to really go into a full room scale experience, where they get to actually move around in space and actually you know take advantage of of uh, you know their experiences by moving around, and then also the inputs and interactions. It's a whole other level of immersion that you can actually move through that space. The developer edition of HTC's Vive headset is already on sale. The company has announced that the consumer edition will be available by the end of 2015. According to O'Brien, users of the Vive headset won't face problems of feeling ill reported with other virtual reality experiences. He claims the problem is linked to low frame rate being displayed inside the headset or poor tracking, which creates a lag type feeling while using the device. The HTC Vive uses Steam VR laser tracking and displays content as a minimum of 90 frames per second. One of the first things you do when you put on a headset is you put your hands out, right? You want to see your hands. You want to interact with your environment. And so when you actually do have really good tracking input controllers, and they're tracked in space just like our headset is. So when you put your hands behind your back, or if you put them someplace that you can't necessarily see them, when you do look there, they're there, and that's a very comfortable feeling. It feels very natural, just ergonomic in your hands to actually be interact with content in that space. With the Vive headset soon to hit stores, is currently on a world tour, visiting the U.S., U.K., Germany, France, and Canada. EGX attendee Sam Peace is impressed. It's indescribable. It's, it's quite difficult to put across how amazing it is. It feels like something you'd see in a sci-fi film that you wish would become real but never does. But it's it's definitely you know not just for gaming but for any kind of media. This No prices have been announced for any of the virtual headsets, which are expected to hit shops by mid 2016. Across the show floor, another gaming trend is growing in stature: esports. In recent years, competitive gaming has gained huge popularity in places like South Korea. Now the UK is embracing that trend. At its forefront is Gfinity, a company founded in 2013, which stages competitive events and provides a platform for experienced gamers to do their thing. At this year's EGX, Gfinity are staging two tournaments on Counter-Strike Global Offensive and StarCraft II. Price money is set to total over a hundred thousand U.S. dollars. Martin Wyatt is the head of partner relations, Gfinity. Best way to ever get your head around esports is to think of any sport. And just replace what is being competed on with a video game, and it's played by millions, tens of millions around the world. It's watched by hundreds of millions.、Uh, people are paid millions. It's、uh, it's probably the biggest thing that a lot of people have never heard of. According to Wired, there is now around 50 to 75 huge esports events staged every year. Gfinity has staged 18 events so far this year, attracting over 50 million online viewers. There's been a big debate quite recently about whether esports should be considered a sport. When the truth of the matter is that doesn't matter. It's big enough.、Um, we've got a big enough audience. We've got a big enough partic- participation base, and those things are doubling and doubling year on year. So, you know, it, it absolutely is being taken seriously, and we're talking about what will be the sport of the future. That was Laura Lyming reporting. Apple's iPhone 6 has sold over 13 million units in just three days after launch. 
The new handset easily beat the iPhone 6, which was in 10 million consumers' hands by the same three-day period a year ago. And let's believe this is largely attributed to the iPhone 6s being launched in China at the same time that it debuted in the United States and Europe. The iPhone 6 and 6 Plus were also supposed to debut in China last year. But the launch was delayed by regulatory hurdles. This shows Apple is not only managed to continue its reign as one of the most popular smartphones out there, but it also shows how important the Chinese market really is to Apple. Google is installing Wi-Fi initially for free in 400 train stations across India, with 100 of the busiest stations due to get online by the end of 2016. The hope is that this will connect the 10 million people who pass through India's train system every day. Letting them experience the web, even if they'd otherwise have no access at all, and it's not basic data either. Google is promising speeds good enough to stream HD video and otherwise outclass what many Indians are familiar with. Of course, this isn't strictly an altruistic gesture. Microsoft teased plans to bring cheap broadband to 500,000 Indian villages just a day before Google's announcement, and Facebook has its own ongoing free internet program. Google is racing to capture the attention of first-time internet users and the tech industry at large profits when more people are viewing ads and using cloud services. For many people in India, internet access is still scarce, so this means a lot of those people in India will be able to access the World Wide Web, and this will improve connectivity, productivity, and learning. So it's definitely an exciting time to watch the expansion of the internet in India. Uh, stay with us because we're going to take a very short intermission, and coming up after the break, we'll have Mark Griffiths in the studio for this week's edition of the Wild Web Discussion. And this week, we're going to be talking about actors in the video game industry that are thinking about going on strike due to bad pay and working conditions. Stay with us. That's coming up next. The Wild Web, breaking new ground in the world of technology. Hey Mark. So, actors who provide voiceovers for video game characters are actually thinking of going on strike over pay and conditions. The Screen Actors Guild, the American Federation of, Te- of Television and Radio Artists, said that if more than seventy-five percent of members agree, then all union members working on video games will go on strike, and they're reaching that number. So it's very exciting going on in the states. It's great to know that video game.、Um, Voiceover work is getting getting in the news market. It bodes very well for me and you. Well, I think perhaps you're right. My friend Icky, who works for Sony, and he's one of the video games developers,、um, he he let me in once into Sony's headquarters in、uh, London. It's in Soho,、uh, the British headquarters, anyway. And and I got a behind the scenes look at how video games are made. And this is something that's overlooked actually. When we get video games and play them, I think most people tend to forget. Actually, there's a massive、um, Large number of people involved in the production of video games, including voice actors, which people tend not to think. The other thing that uh, is uh, gives employment are you know like、um, in Lord of the Rings,、um, who what was the one with the precious? Oh, what was his Gollum. name? Gollum. Gollum. You know, it was Andy Serkis, wasn't it? Who was the actor for that? They do exactly that process. Of hooking people up with these sensors and then turning it into video games—that's how they get the movements in the video games. It's a massive industry. In fact, my friend that I mentioned earlier, he told me that the video games industry globally is worth more than the music industry,、uh, TV industry, and、um, software industries all put together. 
Well, I haven't got the something like that. I haven't got the official numbers with me, but I know that the Grand Theft Auto video game, Grand Theft Auto Five, was one of the highest selling video games of all time. It grossed mm. in billions of US dollars. And in a blog post, Will Wheaton, who provided voiceovers for Grand Theft Auto, explained why, why he is also supporting this strike. He said, and I quote: "I fully realise that for anyone who doesn't work as a voice actor, it sounds insane to care about vocally stressful sessions." And I think it is overlooked how much work these voiceover guys in video games have to go for. I imagine so, yeah. it to be very a very high pressure job. Well, is it the quantity then? Is he saying the sessions are too long? Is that why they're going on strike? I think that's part of the reason, and I, I think it's just a, they're being very they're generally quite unhappy with their working conditions, the the late hours, the long hours, the extra stress they're having to put on their voice, the standard of the、mm. industry. Because remember, if you're buying a video game in the in the United Kingdom, for example, the average PlayStation Four game nowadays sells for about sixty pounds. What really? I was going to say forty quid. They've obviously gone up since the、I、new generations.、There. A bit more expensive. They're a bit cheaper in China. However, they, the, the average game here is about four hundred、uh, yuan. Yeah. But because they're not cheap, these products, the the companies that are making these games have very high standards, and. I think the, with these voiceover actors, they believe that well, if the standards are that high, then I should get extra compensation for the work that I'm doing. Well, and as we already said, it's the biggest、um, branch of the entertainment industry in the world. Video games is so I can see their point, and、um, so that's what it's all about. Then it's about the working conditions, because if we compare it to another industry where there are very grueling. Uh, long working days, and that's the movie industry. You know, people that do movies—they hang around all day,、um, and the top stars, as well as the extras and the film crew. However, the difference is that those top stars are paid millions of dollars, which、um, the voiceover people in、uh, video games are not paid such similarly fantastic salaries. So that's why they want either an improvement in the terms and conditions, by the sound of it, or more money as compensation. I fully agree with you there. And, and the other thing where I think there's a bit of similarity between certain movie work and the video game industry is there's a lot of secrecy. So at the moment, they're really a lot of these actors are asked to cast for work which they have zero knowledge about because video games are very hush hush. You don't want your competitors knowing what kind of game you're making, and it means voice actors are having to go into work without having much background knowledge on the part that they're going to be auditioning for. Yes, and I think most actors will agree that if you're auditioning for a part, you need to find character. You have to practice. Before the edition, so you can show the director that you're right for that part, and、mm. people in this industry aren't getting that fair chance, and they're not happy about it. Yeah, there is a lot of secrecy. I remember when I went round the Sony headquarters in London, and、uh, I was sworn to secrecy of the things that I saw, which included actually one of their new games in development at that time, which is like 2006. It was called the iToy, and this was, I think, the very first. Game in the world where you controlled it by standing in front of the TV and moving your arms around. The iToy has become one of Sony's flagship devices、yeah. at the moment, and、It's、they、huge. and you know, and I was there with my girlfriend actually, and、uh, and one other person. We could not believe this thing, and they said, "Well, w- what you've seen here today has to stay in the building," and it did. I certainly didn't let on, but as soon as the iToy came out,、uh, I ordered that because I had a PS2 at that time. 
And it came time to brag. You could tell all your friends, I knew about that a long time ago because I was in the Sony studio. Well, and the other, yeah, the other interesting thing was, even though we were friends of one of the employees, they were very, very keen to talk to us after they'd shown us the iToy and get some feedback on what we thought about it, you know, because it was still in development at that stage. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, secrecy is extremely high on the agenda at these video games companies, of course. And that's where we have to leave it for this edition of The Wild Web. Okay, thank you, Mark. And that's sadly all the time we've got for this edition of The Wild Web. And that actually brings us to the end of another edition of Frontline. We hope you found today's show entertaining and educational. Thanks for tuning in and see you next time.